Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Cossard, S.J. Book 1, Chapter 1, Section 6, On the Use of Mental Faculties. The exercise of mental and other faculties is only useful when instrumental of the divine action. The mind, with all the consequences of its activity, might take the foremost rank among the tools employed by God, but has to be deputed to the lowest as a dangerous slave. It might be of great service if made use of in a right manner but is a danger if not kept in subjection. When the soul longs for outward help, it is made to understand that the divine action is sufficient for it. When, without reason, it would disclaim this outward help, the divine action shows it that such help should be received and adapted with simplicity in obedience to the order established by God, and that we should use it as a tool, not for its own sake, but as though we used it not, and when deprived of all help, as though we wanted nothing. The divine action, although of infinite power, can only take full possession of the soul insofar as it is void of all confidence in its own action. For this confidence, being founded on a false idea of its own capacity, excludes the divine action. This is the obstacle most likely to arrest it, being in the soul itself. For as regards obstacles that are exterior, God can change them, if he so pleases, into means for making progress. All is alike to him, equally useful or equally useless. Without the divine action, all things are as nothing, and with it, the veriest nothing can be turned into account. Whether it be meditation, contemplation, vocal prayer, interior silence, or the active use of any of the faculties, either sensible and distinct, or almost imperceptible, quiet retreat, or active employment. Whatever it may be in itself, even if very desirable, that which God wills for the present moment is best, and all else must be regarded by the soul as being nothing at all. Thus, beholding God in all things, it must take or leave them all, as he pleases. And neither desire to live, nor to improve, nor to hope, except as he ordains. And never by the help of things which have neither power nor virtue except from him. It ought in every moment and on all occasions to say with St. Paul, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Acts 9, 6. Without choosing this thing or that, but whatsoever you will, 
The mind prefers one thing, the body another, but, Lord, I desire nothing but to accomplish your holy will. Work, contemplation, or prayer, whether vocal or mental, active or passive, the prayer of faith or of understanding, that which is distinguished in kind or gifted with universal grace, it is all nothing, Lord, unless made real and useful by your will. It is to your holy will that I devote myself and not to any of these things, however high and sublime they may be, because it is the perfection of the heart for which grace is given and not for that of the mind. The presence of God which sanctifies our souls is the dwelling of the Holy Trinity in the depths of the heart when they submit to his holy will. The act of the presence of God made in contemplation effects this intimate union only like other acts that are according to the order of God. There is therefore nothing unlawful in the love and esteem we have for contemplation and other pious exercises if this love and esteem are directed entirely to the God of all goodness, who willingly makes use of these means to unite our souls to himself. In entertaining the suite of a prince, one entertains the prince himself, and he would consider any discourtesy shown to his officers under pretense of wishing for him alone as an insult. To himself. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, Vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What is one of the best means of growing in holiness? The practice of the presence of God. That beautiful book which we read by Brother Lawrence was all about how to practice the presence of God. But that practice of being aware of God's presence, of trying to live in conversation with him, of asking for his help, is a means to an end. A means, not the end itself. The end itself is that God might be glorified. That's the first thing we ask for in the Our Father. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, may your name be made holy, Father. May your name be recognized as holy. May you be glorified. That's the greatest thing we desire. And then, thy kingdom come. That is, I want to be with you in heaven. I want to possess, to live the life of the Trinity. But how do we glorify God? How do we reach heaven? 
thy will be done. But how do we do the will of God? Give us this day our daily bread. That is, the sacraments and prayer. And at the foundation of prayer is this practice of the presence of God. And that, though, is exactly what the Our Father is telling us. It's the means to the end. And as holy and as wonderful as it is, Dekosad is telling us, don't forget that everything should be according to the will of God. And just because something is holy and just because it's one of the best means in itself, it doesn't mean it's the best thing here and now. A very holy priest from Italy was once asked, Father, what's better, the Latin Mass or the English Mass? And the priest was very wise. He'd been an oratorian for over 70 years. And he said, well, what's better, the wooden spoon or the silver spoon? And even if you have a silver spoon, sometimes the child just wants the wooden spoon. In other words, one can discuss something as being better than something else in itself or relatively, or you can have discussions about that. But the best thing for each of us here and now is what God wills and what is possible here and now. And we cannot let the enemy of the good, what we can accomplish, we can't let the enemy of the good be the perfect. Or what we think is perfect. See, that's the thing. We think something is perfect. We think something is better in itself. And maybe it is in some considerations. But what makes us holy is doing God's will. Lord, what would thou have me to do? I would like to do this. I think this is better. I want to have contemplation now. I want to spend my time in meditation. I want to do this. Nothing matters. Honestly, nothing matters for holiness if it's not God's will. Because then all it is is our own self-will. However refined, however disguised, it's our doing what we want. Now, what we want and what God wants might come together. Sometimes our desires are actually the sign of God's will. God can work through our desires. But the goal is not to do it simply because we want it, but because we think God wants it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.